been seeing a lot of especially on twitter a lot of people talking about that it's like oh you know this famous person did this thing while yeah. they're under quarantine isaac newton wrote the three laws of right. gravity and whatever <laughs> yeah, exactly. but it's also i mean you know we're not exactly in the most sort of uh, inspirationally uh positive and creative time right yeah. now there's a lot of a lot of valid fear and, and yeah. people not feeling good and people dying and stuff so like you know even if you even if you do find yourself just kind of uh whatever just laying around watching some tv reading a book like don't try not to beat yourself up too much about it yeah you know it's I like totally it's, agree now it would be awesome to to think that i was being super productive all day every day with this thing but i'm not for yeah. sure I'm, I'm building a lot of lego i'm playing a lot of video games oh yeah you know Getting a little warmy talk. So, hey, episode 48 of the podcast. Here we are. Things are a little crazy in the world right now. Things are a lot crazy in the world right now. And they're crazy in our world here even more closely to the podcast because this is the first time that Dave and I are recording an episode where we're not in the room together. Yeah. And it's weird, man. I can't look into your beautiful eyes. Yeah, it is so weird. We don't get to we don't get to do the bro hug. I mean, I guess we yeah. don't get to do the bro hug at all anymore at this yeah, point. But you got to bump like uh, elbows or something now. That's little elbow touches, saying, right? Um, so we're doing. We're you know we're we're sticking to it. We're gonna keep even even if we can't be in the same room. And and this is this is mostly just precaution. Precaution. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really think we're gonna infect each other. But you know, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of unknowns right now. So yeah. why risk it? Let's just let's just do this thing. That's what uh, I was saying, man. I was like, I, I would feel so bad if I went over there and you were like, well, I've only seen like Mark and my dad, so I'm clean. And then I was like, you know, I'm the one that gets you. Because dude, it was. Uh, I don't know if I have it. But when I, uh, we went to the grocery store the other day and I was like, dude, if I don't have it now, I definitely have it now. Like the grocery store was chaos, dude. Because it's like we go, to, yeah. we go to Aldi and like so the, the, the aisles are like really narrow. And I mean, it was just packed in there, dude. Like there was just people freaking the fuck out. So very strange and very strange to see people like not being very kind to each other. That's, 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 that's the part that concerns me. Yeah. Me too, buddy. Yeah. Cause you always think about that. You're like in a time of crisis, will people kind of like get together or will they kind of push each other further apart? And this was definitely the latter, man. It was, uh, it was weird. It was super weird. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's hard not to empathize a little bit. Obviously we're all a little scared right now. That's a kind of a, every man for him for himself every woman for herself situation but i don't you know i think when it comes down to it i think we're all going to pull through this people are sick people are going to die you know this is this is a horrible situation going on right now but as a people i think we don't have a choice we're going to have to pull together we're still going to make podcasts we're still going to play guitars we're still going to make fun of bass players oh yeah well i i will say the internet is coming together man some of the best memes i've ever seen are like right now on the internet like it's so entertaining dude Thank everything we're thanking for that, man, because honestly, I feel like I've been spending so much freaking time on social media lately yeah. that it's it's almost it feels necessary, but also horrible in yeah. some ways at the same time. Well, you know, like I like to go on in normal times and, you know, use social media for like, uh, you know, inspiration or maybe some articles to talk about on the podcast, you know, and totally. going on now. It's so it's so interesting because the whole music scene is completely stopped. Um, you know, basically there's nothing, there's no really like news or like interesting things going on aside from this virus. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a very strange time. So yesterday I took a a whole social, social media distancing day 
because Mandy was like, you got to get off your damn phone. You know, let's let's play some connect bowling. Let's fuck around. You know, let's watch some movies and stuff. So that was cool. It was good to just like literally I put it like on the other side of the room and I was like, I'm not even like picking this thing up. And good for you. I I'm jealous of that. And, you know, I am I am social distance with my cat. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I feel like honestly, like the only sort of human connection I can even get is through the social medias right now. And yeah, um, I've been thinking about people seeing people walk outside my window, you know? Yeah, I've been well, I've been thinking about you, man, because it's like it's got to I mean, at least I've got Mandy here to kind of keep me entertained. But, I, you know, I feel bad that you're just kind of like cooped up in there by yourself. Can like is Mark going to come over or anything or like, you know? Is there any, yeah, like, any no. like, do you, do you want to like hang out or are you kind of more just like, ah, I just want to kind of keep my distance anyways? I think right now I, my, all of my instincts are telling me to go and, and be around people and all that stuff just as a social creature. But also I just knowing that I, I decided to kind of start quarantining myself a little bit, even before the, everything was mandated, yeah. I'm being a little extra cautious right now because yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, I would like to be able to see my brother and my brother is extremely immunocompromised. Yeah. And so I, I, I would, I couldn't live with myself if I knew that I had put myself in a situation oh, where yeah. I exposed myself and then saw my brother. So not that I've seen him yet, but I, I, I just, yeah. the, these are the types of things that sort of go through my mind. So I'm just trying to play it as safe as I can. Well, I am going to go to the practice space today. Cool. I think Mark will probably be there. Luckily it's freaking giant. So yeah, right. like, we don't have to even be within <laughs> any sort of spitting distance of each other yeah yeah exactly Um, yeah it's just it is the creepiest thing about all this is like they're like oh well you you really could like not have symptoms for like two weeks and then all of a sudden you have it and you're like wait what so that's 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 the scary thing the mystery of this is really the freaky part well i i mean i feel you if you know if you feel the need to do some social distancing via social media i fully support that if not go follow us on the Instagram yeah. and the Facebook. Yeah, I guess Subscribe that's... Subscribe to the thing on the Spotify. <laughs> I guess that <laughs> wasn't a great podcast. pitch for our social media uh, followers. But but tell you what... You know, whatever. We, we post interesting things. I'm still trying to post on the old Facebooks every day and uh, trying to post interesting non-coronavirus-related articles, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. So hopefully that We're still going to be putting this out every Monday. You still yeah, got to listen to us be ding-dongs on, yeah. on the internet for a little bit. It's great. Um. I will say though, I will I will add though before we leave the social media thing that I I have it's been it's been nice as a musician, which for m- many of us is both this kind of like strangely isolating and also completely social thing where we all kind of sit and play and practice on our own, but then so much of being a musician is communicating musically with other players and and you know just just working on songs together or jamming or whatever it is so it's been kind of cool actually uh just to see and experience a bit of uh kind of kind of digital networking happening among musicians and my musician buddies seeing a lot of friends yeah working on chord changes together over instagram yeah yeah. people commenting on stuff i even got off my butt and made a video yeah i saw that man nice plan buddy Oh, thanks. Uh, you know, it, it is, it is, there are, there are some silver linings, uh, in all this stuff going down. And and actually yesterday I was having a video chat with a friend, which is not a thing that I've really done much of in my life. Yeah. Um, but it was good to chat with her and, and, uh, this like totally random story, uh, from my youth came out and i and i felt that in this particular time of of fear and sickness i would like to tell a story from my youth about yeah uh getting down with the sickness so let's hear it um i I was so 
Okay, there. You know what? With all everything that's going on right now, I'm just going to be doing a lot of sharing right now. Probably some listener, listeners are going to learn some things about me that they didn't know before. Yeah. So just buckle in, folks. Well, this is an extra uh, intimate episode because, you know, like like you explained, we're not in the same room either. So you know, it's kind of like easier to talk sometimes when you're like you can't see my face. You know. So yeah. So please oh, share. totally. And I've got you in my ears, and I've got I've got my headphones on, and then earbuds underneath just to hear you. It's like this weird double Dave situation oh, right now. That's cool. Wow. Just getting getting jiggy with it. I didn't think I of doing the can. I could put the cans over the earbuds. That's that'd be pretty. That's crazy. what I'm doing. I'm doing the one earbud and then the can, so I can still hear my voice and hear you. We've yeah. got we've got this whole beautiful setup here, folks. That's awesome. We're real, real professionals here. Super pro. All right. So share. growing up, uh, so I, I'm I'm a large fellow. I'm I'm six foot three inches. I played football. I played sports my whole life. Mm-hmm. And uh, my senior year of high school, I, so I, the high school that I played for is a very sort of known school for being a football school. Football is a very big deal there. Mm-hmm. It was my senior year. I was getting, I was going to have this opportunity to start. It was, it was a big deal to me. And I, uh, just through sort of repetitive motion, actually uh, developed a small fracture in my vertebrae. I, I broke a bone in my back. And so, wow. uh, I remember, yeah, it was like, Did it was bothering hit? me and it was, it was uh, from repetitive hitting. It yeah. wasn't like a one-time thing. It was okay. just like a, a compression fracture. Yeah. Um, so the story goes that I was, uh, this was, I was 17. I was, I'd just gone to the orthopedic surgeon with my dad. We had found out what, what was going on. I saw the x-rays. I can still sort of picture it in my head. It wasn't like, there wasn't like a, a very distinct fracture, but you could see this like or it wasn't discoloration, but like a darkening in the bone. And they were like, oh, see that thing right there? That's like a fracture in your vertebrae. And okay. I was super bummed out, really sad. Afterwards, uh, my dad and I, we were on the way home. We we're going to go to this place called El Gallo. El Gallo Tapatio. For those from the south side of Chicago, this is sort of a legendary place. Uh, amazing Mexican food mm. there. It was my favorite. Awesome. Probably still is up there to this day. Um, and I should add that, again, I'm old. So when I was a senior in high school, this was like 2002. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'll just be honest. I, I definitely liked a lot of the new metal things that were happening at the time. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have enough Bro, distance too, culturally man. to understand just like how, how most horrible this stuff was. <laughs> so anyways, like I listened to Q101. I loved the radio Shit. at the time. I was into like a lot of things that probably would be construed butt metal at this point. Yep. And uh, so anyways, we go to El Gallo. We order, we're, we're walking in, we order, and we look to the right, and sitting to the right is the entirety of the band Disturbed. Oh, no way. So, uh, and again, this is 2002. Down with the Sickness is a thing at this point. Yeah. Um, I definitely own it on Compact Disc. I was excited to see them there. And my okay. dad, and I was kind of a shy kid. Like, I, you know... I just my, it wasn't part of my natural instinct to just like go and introduce introduce myself to people, especially what were like celebrities to me at the time. Sure. And my dad, who's like the total opposite, immediately make knows that I like them. Immediately makes me go and introduce myself. So I walk <laughs> over and and like I I just like say hey you know whatever blah blah and really like your music. And they were honestly super cool. Are they are they, they were like are they from Chicago or were they just in town? Yeah, they're from they're they're actually from the South Side of Chicago. Oh, okay, as well. I cool. think I want to say they're from like Blue Island or some shit. Sweet. Uh, and this place, El Gallo, is like just outside of the south side of Chicago. It's like, I don't even know what suburb it is, but it's like just over the border right okay. there. In the spirit of sharing, yeah. uh, here's another thing that most people don't know about me. Dave, I know you know this about me because uh, we have 
gone to my sister's house together mm-hmm. and she has called me this. So I'm Henry the fourth. My mm-hmm. name is Henry Bianco. I'm Henry Bianco the fourth. And, uh, that means obviously there are a line of Henry's before me. Well, I was also, um, fortunate or unfortunate enough to have been born into a family nickname. So not only, uh, to my family, my Henry the fourth, but to everybody who grew up around me and, uh, it's my family still to this day, I am known as Butch. Right. So <laughs> this is important to the story because as, as we're leaving and walking out of El Gallo, I'm, you know, opening the door for my dad. We're walking out and Dave Draymond, lead singer of of Disturbed with his, you know, metal chin pieces and everything, yep. yells out, hey, man, or hey, Butch, nice to meet you, man. And I'll, and like to this day, I still think that was just like one of the coolest things for, like that's ever happened so did to you, me did as, you, as, a, as a young music You fan. introduced yourself as Butch or did your dad call you that I did. No, I did. And that's what I still, so I didn't start calling myself Henry until college. Like oh. everybody knew me as Butch. No way. So yeah. So as I'm walking out, hey, nice to meet you, Butch. And and like I'll, <laughs> I'll just never, I'll never forget that because I mean, you know, I bothered them while they were yeah. eating. Uh, they probably weren't getting a lot of attention yet at that time. It was still like before they were huge superstars or whatever they've become, but it was still just like whatever. And yeah. then they remember, he remembered my name while he said, nice to meet me. So, oh wow, uh, you know, Dave, if you're, if you're listening, um, it was nice to meet you too, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad things have worked out for you musically. Yeah, dude. Um, but there is one, there is one little extra part too. So as well, after that happened, my dad was like, dude, why don't you ask him to jam? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like I, here's like 17 year old me. Yeah. Like what, first of all, what do you jam like how do you jam with disturbed? Yeah, you don't. You like, play. You play not, songs, right? Like you can't right. Really but then, like, like also, what am I gonna do? Show up with my? I, yeah. I had an Epiphone Les Paul custom and Fuck like yeah. my little Fender Solid amp. Like, am I gonna show up to that <laughs> at, with that at their practice? Space? They were probably by their rehearsal space, man. That's probably what they were doing, like going out to eat after practice or something like that. You know, getting a, getting a Rito. Yeah. So. That's yeah, great. so that was that was just a little story that came out of this uh, of this time right now that I felt like it was probably worth sharing with our. our I podcast think that listeners. is relevant, man. It was cool because you came from getting this like awful news to like meeting your at the time maybe your musical heroes in a way. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm never gonna say that they were my musical heroes, but for sure they like I I thought that down with the sickness was cool as shit at the yeah, time and yeah. they were cool they were cool to me and while i don't listen to them at all ever anymore like mm-hmm. i will always for sure have a respect for them because they were nice to me in a shitty moment and made me feel better even though they didn't have to i love that man that's a great story uh so there you go that's, that's fantastic that's that 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 was i mean i guess we're already in the symphony of corrections at this point so i'm just correcting the world's view on disturbed <laughs> uh yeah guys at that point maybe i'll listen to some um, disturbed later today you know there you go. Uh, oh, and and this like I have nothing to say about this other than the fact that I've got the perfect title for this episode, and I want this to be I want this to be a trending hashtag. Okay. So this episode is just going to be called Quarantoned. I love it. That's fucking beautiful, man. There you go. That's clever, um, clever as shit. And and during this quarantine, uh, I have tweaked, and I would say I. As finalized as as I possibly could, I have finalized my current pedal board. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, man, uh, it's a big it's a big moment. Tell us about it. Well, I've already talked about some of the pedals yeah. on there, uh, but so the sort of it's built on a. Um, I'll I'll keep this quick. We don't need to spend too much time on yeah. this, but I'll give you the sort of broad strokes. It's For built sure. on a pedal train Novo twenty four board. I really wanted one of those because. The last board that I've had for years is cool. Uh, it's NYC uh, custom pedal boards. 
but it's flat with a riser, so there's no slats for uh, cable management or for sticking the um, power supply underneath. Oh, nice. And that always kind of bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pedal train, uh, it's got slats, uh, proper cable management. I've got um, – it's powered by the Chalks DC-10 Link, which mm-hmm. after just like so much – research and figuring out exactly what my power needs were that was the best all-in-one solution i could find yeah yeah. super stoked about it um the only the only sort of issue is that i have a couple old pedals that take ac power which almost nothing really does anymore um and that does not have both ac and dc power very few power supplies do there are only a couple that i know of usually if you're going to do ac powered stuff you're going to have a separate power supply for Mm -hmm. that sure so that would be the only sort of shortcoming. I have a couple AC things that I'd like to test on there, but regardless, not necessary. So the sort of heart of it is built around that Boss MS3. We've talked about it and probably, yeah. honestly, one of the first episodes of the show. Yeah. Um, I really like it for how compact it is, the fact that it has three uh, fully switchable loops that I can put my pedals in, and then it's got some effects and a tuner and stuff built in. Nice. I use the um, I use one of the reverbs in there. That's frankly it, and probably I could get away with not even having any effects in there, but it's it's nice to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have the expression pedal run into that so I can, and I just use that for volume control. I could in theory also use it for like pitch bending or wah or something like that, but I just, I don't right now. Did the, uh, strictly. did the harmonic percolator make it on there? Yeah. So here's the deal. Well, I'll say this, not the original because I don't feel comfortable putting Velcro on oh, something yeah. worth thousands of yeah, dollars. Yeah, We talked about that last week. Um, I remember. Yeah. But I was able to move. I try. I tried not having it on there at first because mm-hmm. it does take up a lot of space. So I used one of the clones, the cattle and bread that I have, which is amazing. Yeah, I love that one. But for my band and for the music that I'm doing right now, I I just really missed the sound of the original. There's just a slight difference. Mm-hmm. Um, not again, not better or worse. It's just different. So I went with the Theramaniacs, the '90s one that I have. That's in the big box. So basically, the way I have it set up, I plug in directly to the MS3. And then that has three loops that go out. In one of the loops, I have um, two pedals. I have the um, T-Rex Molar, which is a hot-rotted tube screamer, but that also has a boost in there. Sweet. So it's a foot-switchable boost and uh, basically just a light tube screamer overdrive. And then in the same loop, I also have the Stone Death Electronics Trashy Blonde, which is... Um, it's a parametric EQ that also has a sort of Marshall-y style uh, medium overdrive on it. Oh, so you'll yeah. notice I'm like I'm I'm kind of prioritizing things with multiple uses. Yeah, exactly. Um, you get the most out of it, you know. I have those two in the same loop, A, because they're, they kind of do similar things, and I like to be able to turn them on and off together. Um, I Honestly, that that's kind of the loop that usually will stay on. I'll have like just a little bit of something happening from there most of the time. Uh, loop two is where I have my the two fuzzes, so I've got the harmonic percolator, and then I have that feeding into the Tosin Abasi pedal I bought, which is that MXR submachine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that made it on. I love to hear that. That made it on. And nice. again, that's another one that's multi-use. So the har- the harmonic percolator, that does one thing, and I just I need that sound at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the uh, octave, it has fuzz, so it's like a different flavor of fuzz, but it also has a sub-octave, so an octave down and an octave up that I can switch in and out. And it's just, it, it, I've found having those, especially for like build-ups in songs or moments where, because I'm the only guitar player, I want to just get way fatter and like play a lead or something like that, I'll... I have that there mm-hmm. um, and it's super nasty. Like if I really want to get over the top, I put both of those on together and just like let shit feedback. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. 
third loop, I have the um, actually just one pedal. I have the Moog analog delay, mm-hmm. um, which I'll admit is insane and probably unnecessary to have on that pedal board because <laughs> um, it's giant and also very expensive and, and kind of a kind of a flex. But also, I just like I have multiple delay pedals. I really like how that one sounds. It does this like warm thing, but I can also sort of bring in a little bit of ring modulation and make things nasty. Right. Uh, it's got tap tempo on it. I, it's it might not stay on there forever, um, but for now it's on there because I really like how it sounds. I just might eventually get scared of having something like that on a pedal board and like switch it out for something cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's in the third loop, and then after all of that, like after the the whole boss situation, then going that all feeds into my TC Electronics flashback delay, oh, yeah. which I do a couple different delays um, with that. Sometimes just like a long delay, sometimes a reverse delay. I also like it because it's a looper. Yeah. So if I want to do some looping, I just switch it to that function. So does that have like um, presets then for those for the different settings, or or do you just do it on the fly? I do it on the fly. You can uh, use the the uh, flash. Uh, flashback tone print app mm-hmm. and beam beam presets through your fucking phone to through your pickup on your guitar into the pedal. I, I can do that. I don't use it. Uh, I don't have like my needs are not that specific for it where I would need to do that. And frankly, eventually my, my plan is to, I would, I, I think that thing sounds amazing, but ever since doing the demo for that walrus uh, D1, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been craving that bad boy. So yep. I, the plan is to eventually replace that TC with the Walrus and then possibly add a different looper because the Walrus does not have a looper built into it. I see. Uh, but that, man, it's, you know, I, I like, those are all the pedals. It, it's very simple, very straightforward. I, you know, custom made all the cable lengths. I've got everything all sort of like neatly That's Velcroed nice. underneath. Yeah. All I have to do is just plug power in, in and out, and I'm good. And I'm good to go. I could throw it. You know, I, I like if, if I watch somebody throw it on a baggage cl- card or something, I wouldn't be afraid because I know that it's all it's all sort tight. Of like, tight in there i've got extra padding on the inside i've got a little bit of the foam i've got it i've got it dialed in and it feels real good that's beautiful man and you got all all tone tubes running through the whole thing right well you know i'll be honest not yet um that's the that's the eventual plan we're so tone tubes we're doing some um, r&d work right now with different connectors so i'm going to wait until we decide what the final right angle connectors and what the final um sort of short connectors that we use for patch cables are before and then and then once i do that i'm just going to remake all of the cables that i've already made with tone tubes yeah and then that'll be just sort of like but you 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 cut them you said you cut um that's yeah you gotta i mean you gotta go full tone tubes at some point you know yeah uh, it'll be it'll just be like the demo board like hey check it out like if if you want to sound this damn good yeah gotta do those tone tubes bro (laughs) just so but you said you cut the uh the cables um you did them yourself, though, right? So are those not? I did. Those are not tone tube brand cables. They're not. I used I used another competitor's brand oh, we, we uh, because I already ha- because I already had it. Yeah. Um, of course. And and I also honestly, the, I, there are things that I like about it, but there are things that I really don't, and I don't want to disparage anybody. Sure, sure, um, sure. But uh, that it will be fully. There are tone tubes on there, but it is not fully tone tubed just yet. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, that's exciting news, also for tone tubes. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what's going on, or, or uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't yeah, want to like you know give it all away, but uh, you well, know. you know, it's weird. We're 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 starting to ramp some things up. We had a couple like 
I, I'm not going to name any names on here yet because you know yeah. it's not the right the right idea. But some like giant names were interested in wow. using some of our stuff, and I and I've shared that with you, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but of course now the the whole touring industry has collapsed. Yeah. So I don't really know what the status of that is going to be. We're basically what we're doing right now is just using this time to test every possible thing that we want to test. We've got a bunch of different logos we're working on. We're testing different lengths and manufacturers of heat shrink. We're testing different connectors. We've settled on the actual raw cabling itself. Yeah. Um, That's that's we, we really like how that sounds. Um, We've also, um, uh, the initial idea, of course, was just around sort of guitar cables or instrument cables, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the core. But we've also had some uh, asks around things like XLR and yeah. uh, speaker, and um, specifically uh, connector uh, wireless pack connector cables. Oh, so um, we actually just placed an order for the actual Sennheiser Sure Line Six, which uses the Sure connectors. Yeah, uh, so we can actually we're gonna also spread out into that realm as well. Oh, dude, figuring out like. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. Figuring out where do we put the shrink? How you know how with a wireless pack connector in particular, that's yeah. usually covered by like a strap and someone like in someone's back is is even having branding on there important. There's so right. many little questions that um, you know when we just started making random tone tubes, we hadn't even really thought about. So in fact, uh, earlier today, Stinger and I were having a little a little bit of a brainstorming sesh, going through some stuff. We've got all these working documents and professional things now that we're yeah, like you gotta get like, with information. Do you have to get like patents? and shit or is it because it's a cable that you don't really need something like that how's that there will be there will be trademarks that stuff is being investigated for sure um yeah i mean it's it's getting to the point where we kind of have to make it like official and legal because people are asking us to sell them things that's great uh the other sort of weird thing that i've been trying to find information around and haven't yet is even just the idea of shipping things to people in a situation like we're in right now where you know i don't we don't know what the sort of um uh incubation periods are like for these things yeah, like right. if if one of us was sick and we like shipped them something that we had made with our hands like how long does it live on the materials yeah. what you know what are the sort of liabilities insurance blah blah so a lot to learn yeah. uh, not a lot of good information out there about that just yet so mm-hmm. if anybody has any information for me about that if you're a manufacturer that has experienced and done the re- research on this sort of thing please reach out to us gearbudspodcast at gmail.com or on one of the socials because i'd like to know yeah yeah well um speaking of that i don't think i'll be buying a gibson anytime soon man i don't want to talk why, shit about him dude oh, but we gotta why bring is it up, this man. gotta keep happening we gotta bring it up man um uh, you artic- sent me the article. I saw I an article about today this. that uh, basically Gibson's refusing to close their factory. They're they're saying it's an essential um, product, I guess, um, that people have brand new guitars for some reason. Um, so they've got a lot of workers crammed into a pretty tight, uh, pretty narrow uh, warehouse. And from what I understand, it's it's humid in there, um, and it's just it's it's not good. They're not giving them any protective gear. Obviously, they're touching guitars um, and box. You know, I heard like cardboard, like it lives for like twenty four hours on cardboard. I so, heard like, that. Yeah. The box itself. I mean, you know, it's it's stuff like this that's just really careless. Um, but man, I, I saw that this morning, and I, I I had to share with you. I I I love Gibson. I think they make awesome quality instruments. But man, do they need to? Uh, they need like a new PR team or something, man. Because this is just well, and they just got one, dude. And, and, <laughs> I, this is this is alarming to me. I, I feel obviously, 
you know, it's important to support business right now, small, medium, large business, whatever it is, yeah. especially small and medium sized American business. Like I, I want them to survive this. I don't want these mass layoffs to have to happen just yeah. like anybody else. Right. Me too. At the same time, if there are 300 workers, I think that in the article that you sent me, it said something like 30% of this particular workforce is over the age of 60. Ugh. They all have to go through the same turnstile every day. They all have to touch the same, yeah. uh, like clocking in, clocking out time clock machine without any extra sort of, uh, you know, attention paid to cleanliness and disinfection and that sort of thing. So that's, that's scary to me because yeah, like you said, I mean, who, I do I do I want to do I want to buy a guitar that I don't know who's been touching it and I also don't know how long yeah. the virus could be, could be living on it like yes we can all wash our hands we can not put our hands in our mouth like that's these are things right. we should be doing of but course. at the same time I you know buying a new Gibson is not a cheap thing so right. do you, is do you want to have to make people even worry about that right now on top of spending thousands of dollars when maybe their you know job is in question right now people are working from home anything that we can do to mitigate fear around yeah. purchase right now is something we should be doing so even if those people are still even if it's determined that that business needs to c- continue on i'm not i'm not the one to say that it shouldn't yeah but even if it is gibson needs to get out in front of it before any of that happens exactly. and say here are the steps that we're taking here's right. how we're assuring that this isn't going down here's how we how is how you can feel good about getting your first gibson or your 10th gibson or your 100th gibson whatever it is well that's the i mean thing. i came from cme like i know that yeah it's it's hugely important they've had to close their their storeroom their storefront like the yeah, showroom is closed that. right now yeah, i saw that it's a scary time for small business like mm-hmm. that right now of course i mean yeah i'm the majority of shopping has always happened online for, for a place like them, or I guess I should say in modern times, but still there, there's still a major chunk of people that come in and especially when it's a real high ticket item, Oh, you yeah. want to play that thing. You want to yeah. get your hands on it. You want to find out about it and not having that is really scary. So I get like Gibson is, is probably rightfully freaked out right now and they want to keep the doors open. But again, there are ways to handle these things without having our podcast. And I'm sure many others have to, to report and say like, Oh, guess what? Gibson's doing another boneheaded thing. Again. Well, that's the thing. The article came out, and it's really it. Uh, the majority of it's an interview with one of the guys who works there. So the fact that Gibson isn't coming out, and you know, like you said, they're not reporting it first. You you hear about Mel, you know, the guy who works, uh, you know, on the factory floor, and he's doing yep. the, he's doing the interview. So you know, I mean, that's straight straight from the source. So at at this point, anything Gibson says about it, it's just going to make them look probably worse because they're coming out afterwards to be like, oh no, it's okay, you know. So. Their only option at this point is to be like, look, we fucked up. Yeah. We didn't we didn't do enough. We didn't take this seriously enough. Here's what we're doing now. Either they're shutting <laughs> down or they're or they're taking these practices to ensure the proper conditions for everyone. They're paying them hazard pay because the, I know that that's a thing that's going on, with, especially with like grocery yeah. workers and delivery people. Yep. They're getting paid hazard pay because yep. it is it's dangerous. A, it is a ha- dangerous thing for them. Absolutely. As they if should. it's determined that this is uh, Gibson is they're ma- them making guitars, which I could see there being an argument for that in, in times right now when we're all stuck at home and need things to do and, and music is very important to happiness in our culture, then okay maybe that argument can be made but there are also steps that you need to take as a corporation to not have us talking shit about you yeah i agree man and i mean i you know i just i i feel like we we go round and around with gibson on this podcast man this is like the fourth what the fourth time we've had to bring up bad news about them like it's just kind of 
you know, I especially know. as a dude that I mean, and that's that's kind of the irony here too. Is obviously I'm a, I'm a, a big Gibson Stan fanboy. Yeah, <laughs> I had the all the Gibbs almost all the Gibsons that I own are from an era when like people did nothing but talk shit about Gibson quality. Yeah, that is funny. I never thought about that. Like I've got a '50s Gibson banjo, which is golden era, but it's a banjo. Like all of yeah. the, the guitars that I have are '70s. I've, they're 80s. like mid '70s, early '80s, yep. or just like early 2000s, which right. are are some of the eras that people from the outside who aren't what I would consider myself to be an expert on these guitars, they're just like blanket statement. They suck. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I can tell you that they don't. So I already, I, as a, as a Gibson fan, I already have to defend my decision to be a Gibson yeah. fan I know, right? of these guitars that su- supposedly people don't want. Although if you actually look now, you actually, you can't get those for cheap anymore. Like you used to. So like which one, like the, uh... like seventies Gibsons in oh, general, yeah, they, they've dude. just gotten very expensive. Yeah, man, uh, they do. Regardless, I already have to defend it. Don't make it harder for me. I know. As as this Gibson guy, like I don't, at a certain point, I'm just gonna have. To, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm never gonna stop buying him, but I yeah. just like I'm gonna have to stop defending. I'm just gonna have to. It's almost like I don't know separating the art from the artist. Well, that's what I was know? gonna say. You know, you're not buying it because you know of the company. You just you enjoy the, these guitars and and you know the heritage of these guitars. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and well, and not only just the heritage, like the 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 tone. Yeah, man. Because I'm, I'm, I'm quarantoned. <laughs> Hashtag quarantoned. Hashtag quarantoned. Um, um, yeah, what all else right, is going man. on? That's it. Uh, oh, I do want to add, as long as we're, I, I feel like this can be the sort of last uh, and this sort of topic, but sure. um, I did see that, and this is, again, sort of a bummer, um, but it, it, for, for the right reasons, uh, Amazon has halted mm. CD and vinyl orders. I saw that, yeah. Uh, is, and, and again, that's partially just to prioritize people who need essentials, healthcare yeah. products, food, that right. sort of thing. Totally support that. Um, but also because they're similarly to Gibson, but on a much larger scale, they were just having huge outbreaks in their warehouses. Wow. People so close together. That's crazy. Um, you know, poor practices. In fact, I heard that they were even trying to hire more people. Yeah, I saw that. Um, because there's such a huge strain on that industry right now. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, if you can uh, buy some buy some digital stuff on Bandcamp. I know. Mm-hmm. I, well, a couple of days ago they were giving 100% back to artists. I'm sure th- more things like that will happen. Yeah, that's really um, cool. I saw that they were doing that too. Um, yeah, it's it's little things like that, little ideas like that that are going to help us pull through this. You know. Yeah, man, and it's um, you know I'm just going to use that as a nice little transition to get into the riff library here and yeah, go a little out of order because it's this whole thing like I've been wanting to buy some new music I've been mm-hmm. uh, but it's also I haven't really been able to so I've been kind of working back through the through the through the collection and listening to more things that I can uh, throw on the turntable that I can talk about here on the podcast and uh, this week I want to talk about Baroness. Oh, um, are yeah. you a Baroness boy? I've listened to him before, but. Uh I never like owned any of the records or anything, man. So, uh, they've, they've been around for a while. If anybody is not familiar with them, they're from, I believe I want to say Savannah, Georgia originally. Um, they're, they get put into the sort of metal realm, but they're not like just like your sort of typical metal band. They're sort of like rock metal with some artsy stuff and some acoustic stuff and some weird stuff going on. Yeah. But I think, my favorite, Oh, go ahead. No. What record do you like from them? Cause I, I, uh, I think it was called Yellow and Green or something from two two thousand. Okay, yeah. So um, my favorite is the Red Album, and that is their first full length record. Sweet. They had, I think they had, it was like an EP or something before. No, they def they did. They had two EPs, and I own them, so I should know that. <laughs> uh, but their first full length, it's called the Red Album. Then they had the Blue Album after that. Then they did that double record, Blue and Green. Mm-hmm. I th- I can't remember. Purple is the most recent one. 
I I'm I'm I tend to either be the sort of listener of bands that like always loves their first record or loves their like weird late you know yeah. after they've had like five lineup change records. the experimental um, record or something totally yeah and for some reason with baroness and, I, and it might just be because it's the first one that i really got into but red elm is 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 now and forever shall be my favorite album of theirs um it just it's this kind of like perfect combination to me of really heavy and interesting sort of technical guitar riffs but it never gets shreddy or like show-offy mm-hmm. um I've seen them live a bunch of times. They they do they they're really dialed in with what each other are playing. Yeah. Um, like th- they've always had two different guitar players, and they they they've gone through a few different lineup changes. Right. Uh, in fact, recently, um, most recent, their their newest second guitar player is Gina Gleason, and uh, you and me and good buddy uh, Dan Liu got to see her play at that Fender oh, Jam Jam. That's right. I was like, why does she, that I believe sound she so kicked familiar? off the evening. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So, uh, but this was before she was in the band. Uh, it's it's got it, it's it's still kind of raw before they started really getting super experimental with a lot of their sounds. But they do this thing that I actually relate to a lot uh, guitar wise, where they they play these like certain intervals where um, a lot of the the chords are based around these like two or three note chords that are kind of spread out. They're not they don't usually use power chords, but they'll use these like sort of spread out cluster chords, and then they write their parts so that the two guitar players are really complementary with each other. So they're kind of like playing one big chord a lot of the time mm-hmm. um i really love it uh definitely check it out i will also highly highly recommend i don't know if you can still get it or not but I, they did a reissue of this record um i don't even know when it was a few years several years ago mm-hmm. actually wow probably 10 years ago now um and is it was remastered it is on double vinyl and it is this see-through red with Ooh. like black thing Sweet. um I actually just posted a story on my Instagram because I was listening to it earlier today. It's beautiful. And not only is the record itself beautiful, but I one last thing I have to say. Yeah. Um, John Dyer Baisley, the lead singer, songwriter, guitar player of this band, is also just a truly just gifted genius visual artist. Okay. In fact, he not only does he do all of the Baroness artwork and the okay. album covers and that sort of thing, he's done it for a bunch of bands that I'm sure you've seen the, the records before. Oh, I mean, yeah. He has this very sort of particular... I would say it's Art Nouveau, but uh, not not straight Art Nouveau style. And the, the Elm artwork for this is just some of the most truly stunning, beautiful you'll ever see. It's trippy. Um, I wish I wish I could just like show it to you right now, <laughs> and you being the world, because man, I love it so much. It's just, you get lost in it. Yeah. Um. The just the it's almost like looking at the the masterwork of some sort of like Renaissance painter or something. The the amount of technical skill this guy has. I love that man. I mean, I love when yeah, you can dude. put on a record and like literally you don't you don't want to put it down. But it's playing in the background, but you're just staring at the artwork. You know, I just it's like one of my favorite things to do. It's Um, interesting, too. And and the last thing I'll say about it, too, that I noticed when I was listening to it earlier is that this one was remastered. And it's it was like, you know, obviously LPs are typically at 33 RPMs. This was remastered so that it's double album, but all on 45 RPM, which I will say definitely definitely makes it sound way better yeah uh, holy shit is it really a really nice listening experience but one of the things that i kind of like about records is this the thing where like you kind of just like put it on and then you just have to flip it once and then like you listen to the whole record because this is now a double album on 45 speed i have to flip it like every two songs yeah which yeah. is fine it's not like that big of a deal but i also kind of miss just like having a whole side and listening to it without yeah. having to like flip it all the time yeah um, man yeah the 45s i don't i don't really mess with them too much but uh me neither, but I will. I will say the the records that I have that have been remastered, slow speed half or half speed remastered, forty five RPM, 
always sounds so good. That's it really is, interesting. It's a, it's a beautiful listening experience, honestly. That's really cool. I wonder. I wonder if there's something to that. Oh, there, there definitely is. It's, it's basically you get more, um, uh, more, uh, more content per groove. You right. know, it spins a lot faster, so the song's the same amount of length. So you can, you can only get, f- you can get fewer songs per side this way, but mm-hmm. you get, you essentially get higher fidelity. You get more physical space to put the, the groove, uh, for for the song. So it definitely does sound better for sure. In this, in this time of uh, quarantine, I'm, I'm very uh, disappointed. My record player seems to be breaking. And oh, it's, man. it's like, dude, it's like the, I think the start stop button is wearing out cause it'll like, it'll kind of like, I'll have to hit it a few times for it to kind of catch or whatever. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's something that's probably not even that hard to fix, but I don't know dick about record players. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, um, you're feeling better next week and, and we, and we do an in-person recording, yeah. you bring that shit over. I'll take a look for you. I bet we can get it sorted out. Oh, that'd be cool, man. Yeah. Cause I, I, I went on some blog and like, or a forum and it was basically like, you know, there was guys like taking it apart and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to open this thing up, dude. Cause you know, I probably won't be able to put it back together to be honest. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring it by next week or something. Um, dude, well, that's uh, a good wreck, man. I'm going to have to check that thanks, out, man. dude. Cause you just reminded Speak. me, I got into them. Um, I think Dan Lu showed me them like years ago. And, uh, that makes sense. I think it was that 2012 record, the yellow one and yellow uh, and green. Yeah. The one it's like that one. It's, I think yellow is like the rock record and green is like an acoustic record yeah. or maybe it's vice versa i don't remember oh yeah 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 and it fucking rocked man it's uh definitely a good find man for Dude, sure speaking of speaking of fucking rocks fucking rocks man What's dave's docs oh dave's docs baby what do you yeah, got we've, we've had some time to uh, watch some movies around here no so shit. uh i got one that was excellent i honestly can't recommend it enough um have you ever heard of harry nilson oh dude jump in the fire baby yeah do you do you ever listen to his shit I yeah, Nilsson Schmilson's one of my faves, dude. So for people who don't know, Harry Nilsson was like the songwriter, you know, kind of in the in the mid, you know, early mid '60s, kind of like the same age group as the Beatles. He ended up being friends with the Beatles. He became friends with them. They used to listen to his record. He was just like a songwriter, uh, probably most well known for. Um, well, he wrote Put one. The lime in the coconut. Yeah, lime in the coconut. That's a that's a creepy ass song. Um, he uh, he wrote one like that. Three Dog Night did. Yeah, you know, one is loneliest number. One is yeah. lonely. and actually, I, I actually prefer his version of it. It's uh, it's just a little softer and sweeter. Um, just like then, you, baby. Yeah, babe. And then he also did a song called, uh, oh, what's the one? Without you. I can't. Oh yeah. It's like every like montage where a guy gets his heart broken in a movie. It's like you can just see that scene. You know, when when you hear but that dude, song. But dude, I mean, Jump in the Fire has one of the coolest bass lines of all time in it oh dude yeah that's and just one of my favorite songs period dude hit that's awesome man yeah his uh his collection's outstanding and like i feel like people know who he is but they don't really he was kind of you know because he was a songwriter so he wrote songs for other people for the most part and i think a lot of people you know just uh basically kind of just wrote him off or something but you know then it turns out like he gets a call one day from like i think it was like john lennon and he was like he's like it's john lennon He's like, we're, all, we're just listening to your songs. And he's like, he's like, you're like every time they would get asked who their favorite band is, they would say him because they knew like no one's ever heard of him. And it was kind of this like hipstery kind of like we know more about music than you kind oh, of angle. Totally. Um, so, yeah. So he became like buddies with them. I think Ringo was like his best man at his wedding and shit. No um, way. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So like he was like super close. Him and John hung out a lot, too. But um, dude, where, well, what's what's the doc and where so, did you oh, yeah, see it? So I should say the name of it. It's called... Um, it's called Who is Harry Nielsen? And uh, and then it says, uh, 
And why is everybody talking about him? Because he has that song, Everybody's Talking About Me. Dude. It's a long, long title for a movie. Um, but anyways, it's on Amazon. Uh, it was on Prime for free. And, was it like uh, one of those ones that people just like um, no. added a bunch of No, no, no. Together? No, it wasn't like one of those really piss poor like Amazon just bought yeah. like a... Like the like the records that are like underneath the records at the record store where they're all like fifty cents and stuff. It it wasn't like that, you know, in terms of a uh, a doc. It was really 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 well done. Lots of footage, lots of background, lots of you know how he grew up and all this stuff. And he was this crazy alcoholic and drug addict, and he basically just lived on like cocaine and brandy. He would drink like a bottle of brandy at least per day so the guy was just living on reds vitamin c and cocaine dude the guy was just a total you know suicide machine but uh he made it till his like i don't know i think he made it to like the 90s and then he passed away from a heart attack he got really overweight too towards the end um but i am i say this every every time i am super super gonna watch that because man i don't know enough about it i love his music i don't know dick about him as a person i I didn't either man and i've i they always play him on like me tv i listen to me tv like almost all day and they're always playing his songs i he i think he's like one of the most like he's written like the most hits like out of anybody i think it's it's pretty crazy bro um so yeah highly recommend uh harry nilson dude Post that shit on Facebook so people know to watch it because yeah, I really want to watch I it. Will. And I want a reminder. <laughs> I'll post it. I'll post it uh, <sighs> after the episode. But yeah, so uh, so that's sick that riff one, man. library in Dave's docs today, bro. I think we did good. Yeah, I did an uh, honorable mention. Um, Ooh, I did watch the Miles Davis documentary. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, I want to watch was, that, man. It was okay. I I wouldn't pick it to like talk about. I mean, it's this jazz documentary. I love jazz. Um, yeah watching movies about it maybe is not as exciting as the music itself but uh you know miles davis cool dude and i also watched the lil peep documentary dude you're blowing your load right here what are you gonna do i mean oh. shit there, there's only so many rock docs well, out there I, w- I wasn't gonna even like talk about these ones so i just yeah. wanted to give them honorable mentions because you know the little peep one was like so weird man he was just like really troubled dude uh but people thought of him as like the next kurt cobain it was really it's, i I, I have to admit, I mean, I've I know the name, but I'm like not hip enough to know much about. Yeah. His, did he die? Yeah, yeah. He okay. uh, he was like just a crazy like drug addict. Like just, I mean, in the movie, he's like he's got like a bloody nose, and he's like putting more cocaine up his nose. Like Jesus. like there's a there's a scene because it was this really interesting thing. It was like you know 2015, 2016. He was just a SoundCloud rapper, right? So like yeah. he was basically like you know. Uh, he just got famous through word of mouth and through like basically through the cell phone, you know, it was like the modern day cause he was always people filming him on cell phones. And like, that's like all of his footage is, is from like his friends with cell phones. Um, it was interesting. It was worth watching for sure. It's, it's long man, and it's pretty, you're artsy. bringing the heat, man. I've seriously, <laughs> and I also find it very interesting that like, you know, what I know about you and uh, how I know you as a person that you had much more to say about a little peep documentary than you did about a miles Davis yeah. documentary. Yeah. I'll that says honest. a lot about the documentaries themselves. I think that's kind of what I'm, what I'm going for, you know, like the miles Davis one wasn't bad. It was just, it was slow, you know? Um, yeah. so I, a lot of it just didn't stick while I was watching it or I'd end up like picking up my phone and kind of, kind of half-ass watching it. Um, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong if, if anyone out there, uh, wants me to try to watch it again, if it knocked their uh, hair back, then I would be happy to, uh, to, to give that a try. All right, sick. Well, I, it is definitely on my list of things to watch, so I'll 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 either confirm or deny. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. Um, but I'll I'll, re, I'll repost the uh, Harry Nilsson one on Facebook this week, so so you can get a reminder. Nice. Hell yeah, um, dude. So what else is going on, dude? Well, um, you know, I, like you said, I feel like 
Not that much. Yeah. Uh, I do have a couple <laughs> things for future gear that I, I feel like are uh, apropos cool. for the current things that are happening right now. And and uh, you know what? I'm going to talk about some free shit for a while here. So Hell let's yeah. just talk about some free stuff. Um, some really cool companies, kind of uh, in contrast to some of the other things that we've talked about, have mm-hmm. provided uh, a number of their products for free. Mm-hmm right now so we're obviously all supposed to be quarantining staying home as much as we can uh we need things to do so um i'm just going to start with fender fender is made fender play yeah uh, that which is their sort of online they're like online lessons right yeah yeah for free for three months that's which is kind of amazing yeah i think it's a sort of thing where if you buy certain fender guitars new you get it for like a couple weeks or something like that but it's basically their platform it's a, a video lesson subscription with, you know, documents and that sort of thing. Uh, you can do, you can choose acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass, or even drum roll. Yeah. Ukulele. Oh, that's what's up, man. Yuki boy. I didn't even know Fender made ukuleles. I mean, I guess I could assume they, do. they did, but, uh, oh, that's uh, great. So, so I've been thinking about it because, I mean, you know, I play a lot of electric guitar all day, but yeah. I don't play a lot of bass all day. So I've been kind of thinking I might do the bass lesson. Yeah. Oh, man. by the way, I signed up for it. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's everyone or if it was like a certain amount of people, but when I heard about it, which was a couple days ago, um, I signed up and I got it for free for three months. No, 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 no big deal. So, so you haven't um, tried you haven't actually like logged into it yet or tried it? No, I have. Oh. I did. I did, and I, and I do have access. But so how does I guess it, my how point, does it work? What do you mean? Like, is it just like sheet music or, or what kind of stuff? You it's know? videos, bro. Oh, but it's also all video. But also there's, yeah, just sort of, you know, it's a it's an app, so it's all within the app, but there are, are visual references and tabs and that sort of thing, too. And so you can uh, learn, like, cover songs and stuff, right, essentially? You can learn tunes. It's more focused on sort of mechanics and that sort of thing, but I know that it is possible. to. They also have a component where you can sort of, like, add specific songs that you want to learn, and I believe that that is an in-app purchase. Well, I awesome. haven't taken it too deep yet, mm-hmm. um, but, I you know, I, I think I'm just going to kind of – I'm just going to try to learn a couple base skills from this thing while I'm while I'm stuck inside. That's a really good idea, man. That's a great way to uh, pass the time, you know. So and check it out. I found it on their Instagram, just at Fender, but I'm I'm assuming it's on their website too. If it's still free, their Fender Play free yeah. for three months. Check it out. That's awesome, man. Oh, Fender making all all the right moves, man. That's sweet, dude. I'm just going to keep on going free here. Yeah, what do we got? Uh, Moog. Moog has made their Model D app for, um, I think this one, unfortunately, is only iOS. Mm-hmm. Um, but the for if you have an iOS device, you can download their Model D, which is a, a synthesizer that I think there it was like 20 bucks or something for free. Okay. Uh, I, I'm assuming still right now. Um, I've downloaded it. It's awesome. Uh, I'll be honest about this one, though. I Since I already own the Behringer knockoff of the Model D, I mostly have used it um, to just go in and check out their presets and then clone the presets on my actual oh, really? hardware unit, uh, which has been pretty fun, too, because, yeah. you know, I think the hard thing for me with that is... I can turn knobs around and I know how things work, but I don't have this like deep backlog. Like, oh, I know that Keith Emerson used this yeah. particular patch on this <laughs> thing. So right. it's been cool to just like get a bunch of different crazy sounds and then futz with those. Um, so if you if you're interested in in making synth sounds, uh, go download the Moog Model D. I am um, keeping it keeping it rolling along here. Korg, boom also giving away free stuff what they are you know are you familiar with the Korg chaos pad i've heard of it yeah so it's like they're sort of uh it's a hardware unit they've made i think three different 
main versions and then a bunch of sort of like offshoot versions. It's uh, in a lot of ways, it's like an XY controller pad that you can like control effects and different yeah. things with it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They also make something called the Chaosolator, which is a little more sort of uh, creation based. You can use it as a filter and as an effect thing, but it also does like drum machines and synth and stuff. Oh, cool. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Chord Chaos, Chaosolator is now free. Okay. Go download it. It's super fun. Um, I, in fact, so this, I'll, I'll be honest, back in the day, I was a jailbreaker on my iPhone, oh, so nice. like I, I got real into hacking and doing all that kind of stuff on the phone. Yeah, that's and fun for show. a while there, uh, I had it worked out where I could just download any app for free. Um, mm-hmm. And I obviously it's been a long time since I've done that, so don't sue me. But I will admit that I did have the IK oscillator for free at one point, so mm-hmm. I did have previous experience with it before I now have it. Oh, that's um, great! Legally, and it's fun. It's yeah, a, it's dude. a fun little fun little tool if you're just trying to like do some jamming. I think. Um, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. It. I, I was gonna say I think it, it's compatible with it, this Ableton Link thing, but actually, I'm not sure, so I'm not gonna say uh, that for sure. I see. Um, but it's but more, yeah, it's, it's more of like an app you can like use it on your phone and shit. Though. Yeah, use it on your phone or your iPad, and it's just like you basically just like drag your finger around and can make different sounds with it. And it also has different sort of like tracks you can build songs on it, and yeah. it's fun, especially if you've never used it before. You'll definitely lose a couple hours just tweaking and making making tunes on the old uh, IK oscillator. You know what's funny, man? I, I had something like that on my like first iPhone um, way back. This is like over 10 years ago, but I had like, before I even had like a MIDI controller, I would just plug my iPhone in to, I think I was using like Cakewalk at the time or something. And uh, yeah, dude, this is going way back. But um, you know, basically it was like a touchpad and I, I think it was a Korg. I want, I think it might've been like, did they have a trial version of that maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, this is way back in the day, but um, I think they had like some trial version and I could use, and I was just, taking those synth sounds and like just recording them live on the go just off my phone um so it you know oh, yeah dude it sounded great no it sounds really good yeah. yeah and you can easily just plug it into a mixer plug it into your yeah. recording interface plug it into an amp and um Fuck you yeah. don't just have to use your you know your phone speaker um or even just plug in headphones bro get crazy yeah just you know be careful don't blow them drums out you need those drummies don't, don't blow those drummies <laughs> uh you gotta do you protect your uh use your ear rumbling if you ah uh, uh, yes i've been ear rumbling lately uh just a to lot pass, of ear just to pass dude. the time yeah all right dude two more things you got yeah. you got time for two dude, more i'm hanging things. man shit i'm not going anywhere bro uh native instruments stepped up to the plate and they just put out one of their synths for free this is for your computer though um and it is called the analog dreams synthesizer mm. uh if you go to nativeinstruments.com, there, there's a link there you can basically i think you have to i can't remember oh yeah so i already because i already had some native instruments products they have like one of those front-end installer apps where it's like this is the native manager and it manages all your software basically you have to like have an account with them and then uh, you go there and you add it to your account and okay. um, i will i will admit i thought it was messed up at first because i did it and it was like you're you've successfully done this and then like it just wasn't there i did it yesterday mm-hmm. um, but then this morning i checked again and, and it's and it showed up i checked some forums and people are reporting like 12 hours or so turnaround time on it but anyways you get a really cool really good sounding synth plugin for free Uh, i think you have to have the reactor or wait uh contact i don't know they've got like one of those player things where it like loads software in there for you i can't remember which one it is you have to have the free player to do it oh okay Um, but it sounds really good i spent a little time with it this morning yeah the nice the the cool thing about it is that it um it's a very simple interface and actually a very like sort of cool looking interface i really yeah i saw i saw the link yeah it's like really trippy looking it's all purple and like there's like grids and shit 
Totally. But it's also, it's super simple. There's only a handful of knobs, um, yep. really good sounding presets. The thing that I really like about it is that it's, uh, it's got this, uh, it basically runs two synth engines at a time. So, uh, you can have two completely different sounds and then there's a blend and then you can like choose how much to blend between. So you could either kind of just like have one sound on one side, turn a knob, go to the other side and then like mix in between, or you just get these super unique blended dual synth sounds going on at once. Oh, sweet. Um, Really, really nice, warm sounding synths. I have, I haven't, you know, spent enough time with it to like have written anything with it or recorded much with it yet. But I just like kind of futzed around with it this morning, and there's some really fun stuff in there. Just throw a little arpeggiator on and get to business. Nice. So they're doing that for free, also. It's also free, buddy. Buddy. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like forever or for a limited time, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely uh, recommend checking that one out. Add another another plug into the old folder of plugins for you, and it's I mean Native Instruments. They make really good stuff. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Absolutely. Uh, one last free thing here, and this one I have to admit I haven't um, had a chance to use yet because yeah. um, I just learned about it directly before recording this, but um, a company called Cherry Audio mm-hmm. who um, makes something called Voltage Modular has given that away for free. Normally, I think it's like normally 100 bucks. Whoa. Uh, another computer... Uh, Based plug-in synthesizer. This one's super. I'm very excited about um, because it's it's a virtual modular synth. Oh, <laughs> so like you know Eurorack or whatever, yeah, or whatever baby. your modular set of choices. You can build your own digital emulation oh, wow. of a Eurorack synth and and tweak it to your heart's desire. Um, I had actually heard about this before and watched some videos, and it seems really cool. The sounds are really cool, super mm-hmm. flexible. Um, a lot of a lot of variety available in there, and then you can you know get your fin- get your hands dirty, yeah. uh, learn learn some things about modular synthesis without having to go out and uh, develop a Euro crack go build, addiction. Build one of those things. Spend thousands <laughs> of dollars on those things. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't actually used this one yet because I just you have to go to the website and uh, there's a special link and you submit your email address and then they send you an access code and yada yada. I haven't oh, wow. done that yet. Awesome. Um, but I will be doing that today. Super excited to dive into it. Oh um, hell yeah! And just like learn some things about your rack baby and modular synthesis i'm surprised that's not you know i well it, it's similar to that that little thing that you have right the um like the actual device uh, i'm trying to think of i'm not in the room with oh you, the so model d point. that we were yeah, talking model about d already that we talked about yeah, yeah so that is a semi-modular synthesizer right, so right. it has patch points um but it, it and it is also designed where i can take the end the sides off of it shove it into your rack and it will integrate with a larger modular system sweet um so i could yeah use that as a component in a euro rack oh, any sort yeah. of modular setup right now because it has a cv's patch points it has midi um and it has the the proper sizing to fit in one do of you think cases. do you think that's something you would ever get into like the actual physical modular synth stuff like Man, where it's like the listen. wall the wall in front of you like like all those. I'm having a synth crisis, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is this is honestly like the sort of only other thing that I wanted to even talk about today. It's great. And it kind of um yeah, it kind of happens to dovetail nicely, so thank you for that. You I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would or not because like okay, we're just talking about all these amazing synth plugins, yeah. some of which are now free and there are many free ones out there i've got a bunch of them i've bought a lot of them i've got a ton of synth plugins almost universally sound great right like they all we've gotten to the point now where these digital versions of things have gotten really good um in fact i we don't have to get too deep into it but i was learning about um uh sequential circuits dave Mm -hmm. smith very famous synth maker i've owned some of them profit five is one of the sort of just like you know 
all-time famous everyone loves vintage synths and i saw this product made by a company called soundforce it's called the soundforce sfc5 um they're in uh, i believe they're dutch company okay. i want to say um but th- they essentially sell it's a dedicated midi controller it's a usb controller that you plug in your computer that looks just like the panel from a profit five like okay. all the knobs and everything like that all the, the labels and everything but all it does is allow you to control plugins there are two sort of main plugins out there the mm-hmm. yuhi and the um arturia versions of the profit five all they do they don't have any software all they do is allow you to control the plugins that you have on your computer with a tactile interface perfect which is amazing but also it's like is is that why i bought hardware synthesizers to begin with or like are we now have we now reached a moment where Mm -hmm. they sound every bit as good to my ears in the computer and I just need something to help me control them physically. Like, yeah. Are we are we there yet? Yeah. Do I is it time for me to sell all of my analog synths <laughs> and just go directly in the box? I mean, I have this whole rack full of them. I've got controllers. I've got yeah. a bunch of external and stuff. Like, I don't I, know. I mean, I don't know either, man. Well, I mean, I'm you know, for me, it would be a no brainer. I would, I would, um, because I think that it's something like a synth. You're going to be able to recreate recreate that before you're ever going to be able to recreate like a guitar tone you know for instance or or a, or a real drum sound you know i think that there are some hard crazy synth folks out there that oh, would totally disagree with you that would be punching you me know? in the face right now for sure i get it um but for me like my ears probably aren't going to tell the difference plus it's a lot less crap to carry around i mean it's you know i don't know i like portability i'm big on that too i do too and yeah just i mean and that's the thing is it's not like like because I have hardware synths, I've like turned my nose up at soft synths. In fact, the first synthesizers I've ever had, I ever had when I got into making music on a computer like twenty five years ago, were software based, and they sounded right. like crap. Like I didn't, I couldn't get yep. real synthesizers, so I had these like computer based ones. And then since have kind of gone back in time and bought old ones and whatever, yeah. and done a bunch of that. Like I there. I think the problem that I have is that I do generally prefer the sound of the hardware stuff. It like in a vacuum but it's also way harder to control them yeah because I, like i have i have to have a separate hardware controller for the for the keyboard i have to be able to like tweak the knobs a lot of these old synthesizers have horrible interfaces like yeah yeah the the dx7 the yamaha tx7 that i have is like the most notorious example of that they're just like impossible to program right in fact there are dedicated hardware controllers for that there's a hardware controller for the oberheim synth that i have like so at what point, like, weren't we talking about the uh, the Yamaha one? And like, didn't someone come up with a new interface for that just to make it like easier to actually use? They w- did, and there's we also there's also well there there's a a software based controller for it now that you can right. just like hook it up to your computer essentially. Sick. Um, so I don't, I'm I'm at this really weird crossroads where I love having the hardware sense and I love just like vibing out and playing them at the same time, and I've got this whole MIDI rig, but at the same time, like can I even justify having them anymore when I know that there's all these just like perfectly reasonable computer versions that, you know, uh, make me, yeah, relying on having a computer, but let's be honest, like nine times out of 10, I'm, that's what I'm going to be using them for anyways. Right. So it's not like I need to have this like independent hardware synthesizer rig. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, the, the purest, I'm at, just I'm at a crossroads. The, yeah. The purest got, would I'm have having all the a synth hard crisis. stuff, you know, of course, but 
you know, I don't know, man, I, I definitely like being able to, cause I mean, think about it, man. If you, if you broke it down to like a really simple thing, you could like bring that to the practice space with just your laptop and like be ready to go, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like I, it already is stuff. kind of like, that was sort of the goal with the way that I built my system right now that I have is like, yeah. it's all in one self-contained rack. Right. All I have to do is basically plug it into the, the computer and then plug, you know, the outputs into whatever PA or speakers or whatever. And that's like kind of there to go. But yeah, I don't know, man, the more <laughs> that I spend time with these, it's not even just free, but like other plugins since that I have bought, like, yeah. I don't know. I guess the the main issue that I that I have right now is that it's not as easy to like for instance a couple of days ago I, I don't even know if I might have sent you a video or not. I was just like I plugged the Model D directly into a harmonic percolator and then, and then I plugged that into the interface and was Whoa. running that through my system and like it's a lot easier for me to do that when it's a hardware synth rather yep. than having to just like set up a send from the interface as assuming I have an open output right on the interface. That's a good point. Get, get that, go that, go through a DI to bring that up or down to uh, instrument level from the line level that it's at, yeah. run that into the pedal, then run back into the interface. If, if I have a high Z input, if not, then I have to run another DI. Like there are, there are sort of extra steps and pieces of equipment that you would need to do it just as easily as like plugging a synth into a pedal. And then, out, yeah. you know, so shit, man, that's a, that is a synth yeah. crisis. I know. I don't feel like I've said anything of value or, um, <laughs> you've not come uh, to any uh, decisions reach any conclusion or, <laughs> or anything that anyone can learn from other than the fact that like one of the things that I've been obsessing over while being stuck at home right now is the fact that I've got all these synths and I don't know if I need them or want them anymore. Oh dude, it's, it's, I mean, I think it just in general, um, I've definitely been like scouring like reverb, you know, and I'm like, I'm not going to buy a guitar right now, but like, I definitely sure want one, you know, yep. I think people are, people are bored and they're, they're ready to spend some money, you know? So I'd I've been go, getting, um, last thing we'll say, I, yeah. I do have a guitar for sale right now and I have been getting some, some more interesting trade offers. Still haven't pulled the trigger on anything. Oh, so is if anybody's the, the out Gretsch there, still? the Gretsch, yeah. If anybody has, uh, some Zildjian, uh, K custom symbols for me and you want to trade for, for a Gretsch. Did you get any, uh, any semi enticing offers for that? Not really just the VT 40, but then the dude got cold feet. Uh, um, he never called. No, I well, I tried to negotiate on the cash end of things, right. and that that's where we sort of shut down. I think okay. it, you know, it obviously it happened as the whole globe was shutting down from a yeah. pandemic as well. So, right. I'm not going to get too worried about it. But um, again, if any of our listeners, you got some like like a 22 inch K custom dry ride, uh, and you want to you want to get yourself a vintage guitar, you know, let's talk. I know for a fact that a uh, uh, little shout out Heath from Rock and Roll Vintage is yeah. selling is selling his uh, 1970 Ludwig kit um Ooh. on reverb right now um it's his personal kit um you know obviously things aren't going that great so he's he's letting go of some stuff um you know i know you just got one a ludwig what year is yours do you know it's 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 almost impossible with those drums to give exact years okay. because of the badges but from what i've read it's either a 78 or a 79 cool um i because of the the, it's a blue and olive badge, but then it's got the rounded corners instead of the sharp corners, and they yeah. only ever made those for a couple of years, and blah blah blah. That blah, makes blah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that, I just thought of that because it, it actually looks a lot like your kit, but it's orange. Uh, beautiful kit. So, um, you know, maybe you could reach out to him and see if he's uh, he's got any symbols for sale. 
Yeah, maybe uh, you know, a little shout out to Rock and Roll Vintage. Uh, yeah, go check their stuff out. Maybe I'll maybe I'll hit him up. See if I mean, if he's trying to get rid of stuff, he's probably not trying to get another guitar from me right now, anyways. But yeah, he's probably not, he does own a business. He's he's probably not doing the trades, but maybe I think he plays like a '59 Strat, so he's probably all set on guitars. Yeah, he's probably right set there. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, man, shit, we did the Dude. we did the quarantine episode. We did we did we got quarantone quarantone. Um, I like it. So yeah, support your local business, support your local musician as much as you can. Uh, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Don't make any goofy decisions. You know, it's it's better to be bored and get a little cabin fever for now uh, rather than making this thing worse than it needs to be. So yeah, yeah, be, and hope be safe, be healthy. You know, yeah, and hopefully we'll have some some better news next week. You never know. You know? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we've got we've got something else to talk about. Maybe um, you know we'll see how things are going. If we're not still on lockdown here, we can possibly do a little in person conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, obviously, for the time being, uh, the goal with guests is just going to be to do a remote thing. I think sure. we'll be able to sort that out pretty easily. But yeah, um, gear buds aren't going anywhere, folks. So uh, you know, Damn right. we'll be here for you every Monday. Yeah, I love um, it. And you know, hey buddy, you know, I just want to say love you. Glad, yeah, I love uh, you too, man. Glad you're hanging in there. Yeah, and. Um, you know, let's keep uh, let's keep on keeping on. Yeah, let's keep it going. And uh, good cast, man. Uh, hopefully, this won't be too hard for you to to sync up and uh, <laughs> get, get on there. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right, buddy. Well, yeah, send me that file yep. um, when you can, and uh, you know, we'll get this out tomorrow. All right, man. Stay safe. I'll talk to you All right, soon. later, buddy. All right, later.